This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Ramsort Podcast preview show. We're here today ahead of our clash with Wickham Wanderers, uh, hoping they don't do what they did to us last season after our good run. And joining me today is a friend of the pod, really good guy, match day commentator at Wickham Wanderers. It's Phil Catchpole. How are you, Phil? I'm very well, Jake. Yeah, looking forward to the trip to Pride Park. And uh, hopefully we can do what we did last season at our place, but uh, we shall see. I'm, I'm sure we'll discuss the uh, the what ins and outs of why or why not that might might happen. We'll see. But yeah, well, pretty exactly. good outside of the football. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Good to hear. <laughs> outside of the football, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've got to talk about the games last season first off. Two really weird games. I mean, the first game, uh, we ended up winning it really late on. The second game, I think you were 3-0 up at one point or 3-1 up and we pulled it back to 3-2 and, and nearly got a result, which ended up ending our unbeaten run. And uh, we don't like to talk about what happened after that. Um, but when you think back to those games, what did you make of them? Yeah, well, the, the one at Pride Park was like an incredibly fiery atmosphere because of, of all the things that had happened off the pitch sort of uh, previously to that added a bit of spice to it um, as well. And I think Derby fans were clearly sort of really up for that game as well. But also it was great to see um, Pride Park bouncing full, um, fans getting excited about the football again. And it was a game where, where the players really rose to the occasion for the home fans. I think Wickham went 1-0 up that day or mm. certainly at one all. I think Anis Messi scored. And um, yeah, you could really feel it. You know, as a commentator, I don't sit in the away end. So I'm sort of surrounded by home fans. And it was certainly one of the more uh, vociferous areas that I've sat and commentated in. And uh, certainly uh, some of the fans near us uh, let their feelings known sort of during and <laughs> uh, during the game and at full time. Do you know what? You know, and I love it. You know, as football fans showing passions, all good. So uh, bring it on. Uh, it was, yeah, it was. Um, you know, a great, a great stadium to work in. I've worked in it before during the pandemic. Uh, so to see it with fans was fantastic. And to see the fans sort of impact the game uh, like you guys did uh, was was fantastic to see. And in the flip side at Adams Park, um, I thought we did uh, a classic sort of Wickham on you guys, you know, and it was uh, a lot of big teams. You're not the first team to come there and, and get unstuck. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really good to see that day as well. Um, and a yeah, fantastic game. Uh, and to bring uh, a, a, a run to an end, uh, it often happens. It, it often can happen with teams like Wickham as well. And uh, we're really, really, really hoping we can do it again on Saturday because <laughs> we could do with a win uh, and you guys want a good run. No, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. But I mean, one of the things we're going to talk about when we talk about your game plan, um, I had to listen back to our preview earlier. I listened back to our pod after the game as well. Um, and we were just talking about 
how you guys basically you turned up, you had a game plan, and you told every other team in the league how to beat Derby County. You know that physicality, that directness, and you. I mean, I think the three-two scoreline flattered us a little bit. I think you were much better than us on the day, which you know you don't often say that with this Derby team um, unless you're on about the start of this season. So it was it was a really interesting game and. One of the things that happened straight after that, or, or near enough straight after that, was a change in manager. Um, now, Gareth Ainsworth obviously had a quite unsuccessful stint in the championship, uh, and you brought in um, Matt Bloomfield. Now, I've been looking at his stats. They don't look too promising. 1.2 points per game at Colchester, 1.3 points per game at Wickham. What have you made to him since he's come in? Matt's got his own identity. He's a club legend, uh, uh, first and foremost. You know, 19 years as a player. And, uh, and a coach at Wickham Wanderers uh, before getting his first managerial job at Colchester. Our chairman wanted him to, to leave, um, to go and get that managerial experience somewhere else. Um, and then it was just four and a half months later, he's back at Wickham. Um, I think the Colchester stats are a bit of a, an anomaly because they were absolutely terrible um, <laughs> when he joined. They, they were awful, absolutely dreadful at the bottom of League Two. Um he he kind of stopped the rot and then he got manager of the month in January and then in the February he joined us. Um, they backed him in the window there, but he did a good job. Uh, they stayed up. Um, I think he contributed to that largely, even though he left in February. Um, so I think if you look at the the, the PPG for that, for that spell at Colchester, you have to do it on the backdrop that they were absolutely abysmal when he joined. Um, and, and then he came to Wickham. You know, Gareth left after that derby game. And we'd just won six in a row, I think it was. Um, Sam Bucks got injured. Um, a few other players got injured as well. Key players in there. And also, it's a bit like the Fergie-Benger scenario, who are at clubs for such a long time. They build a dynasty. Um, and often when the next person comes in, it's a huge challenge. Um, I think with Matt Bloomfield, a lot of that challenge was overcome by the fact that the fans absolutely love him. He's called Mr Wickham because he's been around the place for so long. Um, but he really wanted to make sure that he he was being his own person, his own manager, his own methods. Um, and and I think that's what we've seen. We've seen a, a, a transition. And you guys will know better than anyone else. These take time transitions in football. Um, you don't rebuild a, a playing style, a philosophy, uh, a playing staff, a management staff overnight. It takes time. Uh, and we're in that transitional period at the moment. Yeah, well, we certainly know a little bit about that. And I think Derby are finally starting to come out of that a little bit. So give it six more months and I'm sure you guys will be uh, you guys will be right up there. Um, but I mean, just looking at the season so far, uh, we spoke a little bit before we started recording about the, the inconsistencies. You had a great September. Um, I don't think you've won a league game until since October the 7th, which is, is ridiculous. Uh, a 4-1 win against Fleetwood. I mean... There's a lot of draws there. You've lost four games in a row. Is that representative of the way you played? Uh, certainly not at the start of the run. Of It's eight games now in the league without a win. Uh, they include draws at, at Peterborough, at Oxford United, when uh, before Liam Manning left. Um, uh, Peterborough, I think, have kicked on um, as well since that 2-2 draw. Um, we lost 1-0 at Barnsley, which I'm sure... Everyone in the world has seen the winning goal from that night. Um, that looked to be a nil-nil draw all over until something crazy happens at the end. Um, we lost 4-2 to Bolton in, in a game where we perhaps gifted them at least two goals in that game. And, and they've been on really good form as well. But 
as we all know, it's a results business. We can all look at great performances against these teams, but essentially we've not won them. Um, and I think of late, losing to Morecambe in the FA Cup at home, uh, losing to Reading, who hadn't had an away win in a year, uh, and then losing to Shrewsbury at home on Saturday. Uh, and they've only scored two goals away from home before coming into that game on Saturday as well. Uh, means that there is an element of frustration coming through the fans now in terms of the results. Um, but like I touched on earlier on, there's been a completely different approach now to how Wickham Wanderers play football. Uh, it's three at the back. They play out from the back. The keepers take the short goal kicks, etc. Something that absolutely never happened under Gareth Ainsworth. And and uh, there's no right or wrong way to play football, obviously. But we are playing a very, very different style. Uh, we had a huge turnover of players as well um, in the summer. We we didn't sign low knees for about two or three years. Uh, this year, that's changed. Uh, we had Freddie Potts, or we have Freddie Potts, on loan from uh, West Ham United. He's been fantastic. He got injured in the FA Cup first round. And and since then, you can almost see when the performances maybe started to suffer a bit. I think he was quite integral to how he played. Um, Sam Vokes has been injured. We've had lots of injuries at the back with Jack Grimmer, Joe Jacobson. Uh, Chris Farino's had spells out as well. Um, we've had injuries all over the park, but I'm sure every team in League One will be able to say the same thing. Um, that's why it's a squad game. Um, I think just the amount of transition, though, in terms of playing staff and style and the injuries of equal to us having an inconsistent season. Um, slow start, great September, October, performances were good. November, it's not been good enough. And now we're looking at a busy Christmas schedule, looking to get a result on the board to hopefully kickstart a happy Christmas. Well, yeah. Um, I, I'm just looking at you. Yeah. I mean, what can I say about that? Um, but I'm just looking at your last game. It's a 1-0 defeat to Shrewsbury. Now Shrewsbury beat us as well. Um, so, yeah, we know the pain. Um, <laughs> how did that go? Was that along the same lines or? Uh, I think um, some of our fans um, looking at the forums and stuff before recording this, um, quite frustrated um, with our manager's approach to the interview afterwards because he was saying that the performance was there and in large um, um, patches it was um, in terms of XG um, and uh, pass completion in the opposition half, etc. That Obviously, it's a, it's a stats-driven game now, especially from an analytical point of view and, and managers are, are having to pay more attention to that now and integrate it into what they do. And Matt Bloomfield is no different to that. Um, but obviously, a lot of the fans, um, they just look at the one stat that's important to them, which is the score. Um, so those Shrewsbury fans who left Adams Park on Saturday probably don't know what the XG was for that game, nor do they care because they won the game. And it was a classic, classic away performance from them. Uh, they had one shot on target. It was from outside the area. It was an absolutely fantastic shot. And it won the game um, in terms of the goal scoring. But where they really won it was once they got in the league, they defended like Lionhearts. Aaron Pierre, former player of Wickham Wanderers, and Shay Dunkley at the back. Um, and then uh, Joe Anderson as well, I thought played really, really well. They frustrated us. Um, they did what Wickham have done to many, many teams down the years, um, which makes it slightly more painful as well when you see it being done to yourself after so many times. But you have to salute them for an excellent away performance. Um, but to be brutally honest, Wickham have to be better in the final third, especially at home uh, against a team like that. Um, the teams who want to be up in that top half of the table, they know to, they know they have to play around that and find their way through. Um, I know you guys struggled with with parts of that in, in the last 12 months and have, have worked it out. And, you know, perhaps teams will watch you and then work out how you've done it and stop you. And then the process starts again. But Wickham certainly need to improve what's going on in the final third. Uh, the possession and, and the passing is is a, is a lot 
easier on the eye than it was under the previous manager. Um, but we need to marry these up now with, with results. And, and Matt Bloomfield is aware of that. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between the Wickham of, of now and the Derby of a couple of months ago. You know, we, even though it, on paper we were scoring goals, there were a lot of games where, exactly as you said, teams would nick a goal, sit in, and there was nothing we could do about it. We couldn't work it out. Um, our solution since then is just Mendes Lang's really good. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it. And that gets us by most of the time. So it's OK. Um, so maybe you need to find yourself one of those. But, yeah, um... I mean, they, they grow on trees, right? You could just go <laughs> yeah. and find a fantastic player and say, thanks very much. Look, we had it with Anis Mometi. You know, we lost him um, just before we lost Gareth Ainsworth last season. And, you know, those players are worth their weight in gold because, you know, a lot of our defeats have been by the odd goal, um, you know, and the draws, etc. It shows you the fine margins in this division. Mm. And a player like Mendes Lang, a player like Mimeti, uh, you know, they can make a massive difference across the season because three, maybe four bits of magic can be an extra 10, 12 points. Um, that's, how, that's how crazy the division is. That's how tight the margins are. And the amount of scrutiny that goes on in the results uh, is, is crazy. And the pressure involved in it um, is really interesting. So, yeah, yeah, maybe we can uh, find a Mendes Lang in January or maybe we've already got one and they're just coming back from injury. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. And I mean, you've touched a little bit on the play style there. Um, I'm quite interested to know what the real change is, because, I mean, if I was going to describe Gareth Ainsworth's football in a word, it'd be pragmatic. Um, I, I think it was very, very much that sort of football. It was effective. It wasn't great to watch, I'd say, but it was effective. It worked and you won games and it got you out of the division. Um, how would you describe the change to, to Bloomfield's style of play? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, I've heard it. I've heard Gareth Ainsworth style called a lot of other things as well. Uh, <laughs> down the years. Um, uh, most of our fans quite enjoyed watching it, bizarrely, especially when we were winning. Uh, and, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no right or wrong way how to play the game. Um, Matt Bloomfield's gone and done all of his badges. He's, he's done the pro license and, you know, he's a very well thought of coach. And, you know, in terms of his work rate and his endeavour, I don't think I've seen anyone in any, any industry that I've been involved in work as hard. Um, but he has his philosophy. He wants to play. Uh, this season, it's been a back three with wing backs and, and very much based on the possession. Uh, and then, you know, getting the ball forwards and playing the ball uh, in the same style, but in your position half. Um, and it's a big sea change um, from from the players that are still there from the previous era, because that's been drummed into them repeatedly uh, and, and to good effect. Um, but the, it's, a, it's a big change. We've seen a, a big change in terms of playing personnel uh, under Matt Bloomfield. Um, and there, there's a lot younger players as well. Although if you look at our starting lineup from from Saturday, that doesn't really back that up. But there are younger players at our disposal, um, and as technically gifted as they are, um, some of the ones who are on loan from from Premier League teams are out on loan to learn and and sometimes make mistakes. And and the loan the, the club that takes those players on has to accept that. Um, we've seen some great positive signs from our loanees, and we've seen some some learning curves as well. Um, so that comes into it too. Um, but here we are in December and I'd like to think that those low knees that now understand um, the physical requirements and and the playing style requirements of Wickham Wanderers. So we should be up and running with those now. I mentioned Freddie Potts earlier, I think was really key to the system that Matt Bloomfield wanted to play and alongside Josh Gowen, um, it was a real joy to watch them when Wickham were really doing things in September and those performances in October. Um, we've certainly missed him. 
Um, and you know that's that's the quandary now that Matt Bloomfield has to to work around uh, whilst he comes back into fitness pots and and see what we can do. But you know, as I said earlier on, it's a squad game, just as it is for you guys. And I'm sure there's injuries and suspensions that have hurt you guys too. Um, but we need to look at the cards we've got available for Saturday and find the system, find your Achilles heel, and 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 frustrate you. Well, well, we'll see. And it's interesting that you mentioned those midfielders there. I mean, in front of me, I've got written down. I've got Luke Lee here. I've got Josh Scow and I've got Freddie Potts all written down because when you get Wickham's team on, on the Fotmob app, uh, it's depending on the rating, the colour changes. And the only three players with green ratings of over seven average across the season are those three players, the three central midfielders. I mean... Uh, it, it looks a little bit like the midfield gets you going. The midfield's what carries you, but there may be some weaknesses around the pitch other than that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, Luke Lee, he's been playing um, for the vast majority of those games that you're referring to with his stats. He's been playing left of a back three uh, and then occasionally (laughs) popping up on left wing back. And then he has a, a pops into midfield as well. He's been a bit of a sort of a Swiss Army penknife for us this season. He's been a fantastic signing on and off the pitch as well. Um, but he's a large mu- amount of his minutes uh, have been as a left-sided centre-back. Um, and then he had that uh, horrific um, head injury against Stevenage, which led to, oh, I think it was a 26-minute stoppage. Um, and then we lost him for two and a half weeks, three weeks, um, of which there were a few games in there, obviously. Um, so, yeah, he's been a big loss in terms of, of that. Um, but, yeah, Scoan and Potts, uh, I'm not surprised that, that those stats have been uh, delivered back on their performances. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think where we've struggled perhaps is is that final third um, in terms of in implementing the style into that, the business end of the pitch, if you will. Um, you know, defensively, um, we've we've shipped goals at stages this season. That's been tightened up. Um, but equally, it's about the balance. You tighten up at one end, you've got to give you enough license at the other then to go and get the goals. And it's about finding that balance. I don't think we've really found that rhythm yet. Um, I think possibly when we've had the players that had you know available that, that, that are now injured, unfortunately, if they then come back, we can maybe rediscover it, or maybe we now find the other way with the players we've got at our disposal. We haven't done so yet in the last month. Um, I'm hoping after Saturday's improved performance against Shrewsbury uh, that we we strike the formula on Saturday, and uh, we made some big strides last Saturday, despite the loss um, and despite the frustration of the fans. Uh, there were certain indications in the performance that that shows that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, Phil, was your defence. Now, I've just got the back three from the last game in front of me. And you've got two, I would say, OAPs in that back line. You've (laughs) obviously got Joe Jacobson. and I still can't believe he still plays for you at the age of 37. Uh, I remember him scored a free kick against Burton about 
10 years ago or something ridiculous like that. Um, so to see him still play at this level is great. But the man that everyone listening will be wanting you to talk about is, is Richard Keogh, 37 years old. Um, I've seen he's not played a massive amount this season, but he's played a bit. He started the last game. What have you made to him? He's a great character, Richard Keogh. And I think, as, you know, first and foremost, you know, he was signed um, for his sort of leadership, a bit like he was at Ipswich last season. He you know, didn't play a huge amount of football last season, but they had um, a relatively young defence. And the, you know, the, the, certainly the word from, from, from Suffolk was that he was a real leader around the training ground and the experience and, and, the, and the helping with the younger players. And we signed a lot of younger players as well. And I think it was a, an astute signing by Matt Bloomfield in terms of the, of, of the personnel, of the character. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm presuming he wasn't signed to play week in, week out at the age of 37. Although he's looked after himself, he's physically fit. He's still got those piercing blue eyes. You still know exactly what he's thinking when he's looking at you. Um, and yeah, you know, he's been a really good character in the building. You know, he's a winner. And um, he's someone that I think the younger defenders like Joe Lowe, uh, Chris Farino, uh, we've got another couple of younger players coming for our development squad in that position as well. All have spoken about the huge amount of help they've had from from Richard at the training ground and and also the ones who've played with him on match days as well and when he's in the match day squad. Um, so I think that part of his, his um, role is probably sort of not seen by the stats and uh, other fans from other teams who will maybe look back on his his previous endeavours with the very long list of clubs that he's played for, uh, which Wickham was one of them, by the way. He did play for Wickham at the very start of his career on loan, so it's nice to get to get him back to add to those appearances. Uh, but yeah, he's been a he's been a great guy to have around the place, um, and uh, I'm I'm curious as to what sort of welcome he'll get from you guys on Saturday. To be honest, I'd hope it would be a positive one. Um, I think now after after everything that's happened. I think we can probably guess that he's he's maybe not the the bad guy that some members of the previous ownership made him out to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can attest for for that person who Richard Keogh. I remember I was probably talking a while ago here. I was probably fourteen, um, and I just started coaching for the first time. And I was helping my brother's team coaching, and and they were rubbish. They lost every game, um, and they used to concede loads of set pieces. I remember I came to it at the end of the game, and I asked him, I was like, what? how would you set up against set pieces? And he sat with me for probably 25, 30 minutes. So he didn't have to. He could have given me a five-second answer. I'd have been buzzing with that. But he stayed for 25, 30 minutes. Uh, he had pen and paper. And he was making notes and showing where to put players and things like that in different situations. And he didn't have to do that. I was just some random 14-year-old that had come to say hello at the end of the game. And yet he went out of his way to do that for me. So I can imagine on the training ground, he's a, he's a really good character to have. And um, yeah, I hope he gets a good reception. I hope he does. I don't know if he will, um, but Jack Marriott got a good one and he was uh, probably just as bad as, as Keogh's exit was. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, but I want to ask you about the other end. Um, you've obviously mentioned Sam Bokes is injured. Uh, a player that caught my eyes, Dale Taylor. Um, saw him on loan at Burton last season, looked a decent player, didn't score a massive amount of goals, but he was always working hard. He was always in and around the penalty box. What sort of player has he been? Yeah, he's been, he's, he's clearly got talent there. He's got five goals um, in all competitions for us, uh, which is what he got for Burton. He, he was only at Burton for the second half of the season and in what was a, a team that was probably struggling at the wrong end of the table and playing a style of, of survival football. So I think it was a decent return for Dale. Um, very highly thought of at Forest. Um, sorry, I'm not. I can't mention them on here, can I? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. that um, he's very highly thought of at his parent club. 
and he has shown really good signs for us. Um, he scored a couple of great goals uh, last week in the um, Bristol Street Motors Trophy. That's what it's called now, isn't it? Um, and he uh, he's clearly got an eye for goal. I think he struggled a little bit in terms of we've had Brandon Hanlon, who's, who's just had a, a, a season-ending injury. So he's played up top with him. He's played up front with Sam Vokes, who's been in and out with injury as well. Uh, there's been different changes in and around the system up top. Um, so he's he's not had a, a sort of a, a settled environment in which to play in, um, but he's clearly somebody who knows where the back of the net is. He's a great lad as well, really good character, um, and he's the sort of guy that you'd back in and around the penalty area. Um, it'd be interesting to see if folks is fit on Saturday. Um, I'd love to see those two together a bit more because I think, again, talking about the experience that we had with Keo, with Vokesy as well and, and Dale Taylor at the other end of the scale, um, you know, Dale's already played internationally as well for his country on many occasions, uh, as did Vokesy too. I think the two of them together would be really, really interesting to see if we can get a decent run of games with them together to build up that understanding because I think he, to me, looks like one of the players that, a bit like another player that we had that also played for Burton, Stuart Bevan, um, yeah. Once he gets once he gets running, once Make he gets that, legend, Stuart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you get three or four goals, and then all of a sudden, you know, a month later, you're in double figures and the momentum. He was a true momentum striker. He reminds me a bit of Stuart Bevan. So I'm really hoping he catches fire because he's he's got that in the locker definitely. And I think we we can hopefully get a really exciting second half of the season out of him. That's a name I didn't expect to hear tonight, you know. <laughs> I like the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's that that big man, little man partnership as well, isn't it? When you've got the two of them up there together, um, which has worked yeah. so well for so many teams for uh, for so many years. But I mean, we, we've talked about a lot of the team now. We've talked a little bit about the style. But when you look at the, the strengths and weaknesses of this, um, this Wickham team, I mean, looking at it statistically, you seem to ship a lot of goals. Um, you don't look the most solid at the back. Um, would you say that that's sort of the most glaring weakness in the uh, in this Wickham team? Yeah, I think if you if you let a lot of goals in, it makes it quite difficult to win matches. Good point. <laughs> it's it's uh, um, quite an obvious thing to say, but maybe worth pointing out. Um, but yeah, I mean, there has been times where we've been very open um, and we've scored goals. Uh, like I said earlier on, it's about getting that balance right of, of the lockout at one end and, and what it costs you at the other. Um, because... You know, again, if you don't let a goal in, then you're guaranteed at least a point. And uh, if you nick something from a set piece, if you are away from home and you, and you do what Shrewsbury did or or another few teams have done to us, then then you've got the three. Um, but yeah, it's about finding that that sort of rhythm and, and, and the balance. And, you know, we talked about the amount of transition and change. That That is probably what it takes the longest for, I think, for a new coach to get. Uh, I think Paul Warren will probably... You know, I agree with that if he listens to this. Um, sure you know, and that, yeah, and it's, um, well, I hope, there's no reason why he shouldn't be. Hi, Warnie. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, I've always enjoyed his his interviews, by the way, and the, and the doc he made on, the, on BBC Sounds was excellent uh, when he was at Rotherham. But uh, yeah, I think he's, he's a manager that perhaps Matt Bloomfield will look at and think, okay, he's gone in somewhere, he's had his own philosophy, he's had tough times. Um, uh, and I think the noise and the discontent at a club like Derby is probably even harder to deal with uh, because the expectation and the size of the club, the money, the size of the fan base, you've got to ride that discontent knowing that you're heading in the right direction and and having faith in the process. And and that's something that Matt Bloomfield has, has said, you know, about getting the performances and having faith in that process. Uh, and it takes time. 
and uh, we're in that process at the moment and 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 some of our fan base are equally as frustrated so um but yeah we'll, that's where we're at with it and i think it's about getting that balance right um having a settled back three uh, would be handy or a back four if we choose to go that way we haven't had that at either end of the pitch um you know um, and like I said to you before we started recording, I don't want to be that person who makes the excuses of injuries because every club will say it. Um, but, you know, we've had an unsettled back three and a, and, a, and a strike force, but it's a squad game. We need to get past that and, and control what we can control and find that balance. And, you know, we haven't had that in the last three, four matches, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got a back three with an average age that rounds up to 35. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine that's not the set of one you'd want long term. We've um, got younger players in the squad. Um, it'd be interesting to see what, what we go with on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it certainly will. And and I guess final question on the team is is approaching fixtures. Um, you've got kind of similar records home and away, actually, which you don't see very often in this division. Um, is there any difference in how you approach games home and away or is it always the same sort of thing? Um, I think it's it's tough, you know, with, you know, when we went to Portsmouth, you know, which we would probably put, put you in Portsmouth in a similar bracket in terms of big clubs, big crowds, big atmosphere, um, you know, expectation, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, we went to Pompey and, um, and played a, a quite an expansive game and we're unfortunate to lose. Um, again, you know, a last minute winner. Um, and we, we really played our part in that game in, in a footballing sense. You know, it wasn't sort of a park the bus and, and nick a goal approach. We went we went to play football um, and we did. And we were unfortunate that night. Um, so, yeah, I think um, in a way, those games are almost slightly easier because if you Pretty go somewhere not. against a team of a similar stature who may you may cancel each other out and all the other bits or they're you're not sort of playing in into the into the hands of the expectation of the other fans etc you can kind of go there i'm not saying it's a free hit i'm just saying it's more of a you've got a bit more of a license to maybe go and express yourself a bit and, and maybe spring a surprise and and looking at you know trends in football which i like to do you know you look at people like Ange Postacoglu at tottenham is sort of going against the grain and going actually Let's let's go helpful ever here and and throw caution to the wind, um, which is very much against the grain of what's been going on in the last two or three years, and things tend to filter down. So I'd love us to roll our sleeves up and, and have a right go at you on Saturday. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm you know I'm quite rightly knowing near the training ground at any point uh, during the week. <laughs> Otherwise we'd all be in trouble. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I'd like to see happen on Saturday. I hope it's open. I hope it's a good game. I really do. I think you get a lot of games in this division. I'm sure you'll have seen the same where one team will turn up to defend, they'll sit in, and the only time they'll ever go forward is if they concede. You know, they've got no intention. We played Cambridge at home. We drew nil-nil with them. I don't think they left their half for 90 minutes. We just couldn't break them down. It was the most boring game I think I've ever watched. So, yeah, if you can come to us, have an open, exciting game, that's... Uh, all we want as long as Derby wins. I mean, Cambridge did that to us. We we did the they, same, same, same result, same yeah. thing at Adams Park. And, you know, and I get it from your point of view that it's boring because, you know, <laughs> you want to see you guys sort of win 4-5-0. But having been, you know, a supporter of a, of a smaller team, historically, obviously, uh, I've been in, in away ends and, and seen us win 1-0 or draw 0-0 against yeah. the odds and not get out of half. And for as boring as you find it, it's great to watch if your team does it and come away with it. It's a different experience. Uh, and maybe when you one day when you do get back to the promised land and you're away at the Etihad and you're doing the same, maybe you'll appreciate it. 
Well, we, we drew 0-0 with Liverpool last season. It was one of the best games of the season. So I do get your point. <laughs> I don't think we left our half in that one either, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, and, and one final question, Phil. You know what's coming. I want your score prediction, mate. Go on. What are you thinking? Well, I'm famously terrible at this, so I really should back you to win in, in, <laughs> in the hope that the reverse psychology works. But I just can't do it. Um, so I'm going to have to say... Uh, against all better judgment, against recent form, against what every bookmaker is probably saying in the country, I'm going for an away win. Wow. And I'm going to go for 2-1. And I'm going to say it's going to ruin a few coupons this weekend. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I have to say that, Jack. You know that. You do. You do have to say that. I think you get sacked. If, uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Predicted a mortgage thing. to pay, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think, to be honest, I, the thing is, it's classic derby because... We've won five in a row. You've lost four in a row. The most Derby thing on earth would be if you win and we lose. It's just, it's written in the stars. But I'm going to go with the classic copper answer of a 2 1 home win. I think it's different when you're away. But when you're at home, the 2 1 home win, I think it'll be similar to last season. You'll get one early on. Um, and then we'll throw caution to the wind, let the hand break off, and, and hopefully grab two goals towards the end. We so, shall see. Well, I mean, what you've just described is why we all love the game so much. Because if it was that obvious what was going to happen, people wouldn't go anymore, would they? They go mm -hmm. for, for the thrill, the mystery, and the storylines that will develop. And uh, yeah, let's see what the twists and turns develop on Saturday. But you know, it's been uh, it's been a good season for you guys so far. We know we're in for a tough game, but you know, we have to go in with belief and hope. Otherwise, why why turn up? <laughs> Exactly. Why turn up? And, and very well said. Very well said. Um, right. Uh, thank you very much, Phil. It's been a really good episode. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's It's been one of the better previews. So cheers for that. Uh, if, if you did enjoy, please do leave a like, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um, we'll get Phil back for the return fixture, hopefully to uh, celebrate a Derby win and Derby being top of the league and maybe Wickham being up there as well. That'd be nice. Um, and if you are on, on Spotify, Apple Pods, make sure to follow, subscribe, like, you know, the stuff by now, I say it every week. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening and thank you very much, Phil, for coming on. My pleasure. Good luck Saturday. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe not the same to you. <laughs> nah, best of luck, mate. See you soon. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.